Welcome back to another episode. And in today's podcast, Dr. Riz and I will actually talk to you guys about what life was like for 2020. I have this audio version for the podcast, but then I also have a YouTube version that includes footage and photographs. If you kind of want to enjoy that, that content should be ready tomorrow. In this episode, we just talked to you guys about how we were affected by COVID, how the healthcare system has been overwhelmed because of COVID. So I'm glad that Dr. Riz will be here to speak to us about that. We will also share with you guys that we got COVID. Um, We'll tell you how we were exposed and how we went through it all. And then also how we grew individually in terms of, you know, really enjoying some of our own hobbies and how we try to use lifestyle medicine to get us through 2020. And so we hope that you get something from from today's conversation. And I would love to hear from you guys. How did you get through the year? What's your perspective for this year? Are you feeling optimistic? And so I've said before, you know, our, our website for the podcast is plantbaseddfwpodcast.com. You can now leave me a voicemail. Uh, just go to the main page and you see a microphone to the right hand side you can click on there to leave me a voicemail and tell me what you thought about either this or if you want to just share with us anything else we would love to hear from you and so we hope that you enjoy this episode thanks for listening uh 2020 recap 2020 has been a very interesting year right (laughs) right it's been eventful obviously bc before covid yeah and then ac i guess after covid right yeah so, I mean, I think then, uh, you know, things were pretty normal for us. We were doing the stuff we'd, we'd been doing for a few years now. Mm-hmm. Community outreach, um, giving our talks and inviting speakers and doing our potlucks and, and our monthly walk with the doc. Uh, so mm-hmm. kind yeah. of our uh, routine. Yeah. You know? Actually, if you want to know more about what we've done in the past, I'm going to put a link in the cards with our 2019 recap video. And that way you'll learn a little bit more of what we do. But we are part of organizations like the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, uh, Walk with a Doc. We're part of Plan Peer Communities, yeah, American College of Lifestyle Medicine. I miss getting together with all of you guys. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do feel very isolated. Uh, you know, and I'm yeah. sure everybody does uh, because uh, we don't socialize like we used to. Yeah. We don't get together with people. There's people I haven't seen in, in forever uh, and who we used to see several times a month. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. My mother and I were in D.C. early January. Mm-hmm. You went to see uh, Dr. Barnard, right? Yeah. I went to one of his intensive uh, kickstart programs, two days of intense information on how to get started on a plant-based diet and it was really for my mom Mm -hmm. but I took advantage of it because I love DC and I love the cold weather and of course the Barnard Medical Center and the the entire team. Yeah that was almost exactly a year ago it was last January yeah mid-January and I took my mom kind of on a tour so I took her to some historical well there's obviously a lot of history there but she'd never been to DC before no right so that was new for her yeah yeah And so also speaking of uh, PCRM, before I forget, this week, like in two days, starting January 19th, the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine is going to run a course. It's an eight-week course called Fight COVID-19 with Nutrition. Mm -hmm. And you were part of it last year. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was nice. I got to participate uh, in their first eight-week course. Yeah. uh, and I think uh, we'll be. Um, they've asked us to participate again, right? Yeah. yeah. So he, you were part, you participated last time, but I've been invited <laughs> to join as well. So uh, to offer some tips, I guess. I think they figured out she's the brains behind the operation, and so they 
I invited her to be a part of it as well. So we're going to be together. And so that's a, a lot of fun to do some, you know, I enjoy doing things together with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that's that. So I started off the year in D.C. And how, how did you start off the year? How was work going prior to all of this? Uh, you know, work was busy. Uh, it, you know, for me, it was normal. And, uh, you know, my vascular work at the hospital and in the clinic. Uh, and then our plant-based work. So uh, we were we were very busy, if I, re- I remember. Also, uh, I had started uh, uh, my hydroponic garden. I'd been excited about the idea of growing our own plants, especially <laughs> uh, green leafy vegetables, which are very near and dear to my heart because uh, I push uh, green leafy vegetables as a part of a healthy diet for vascular health, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that was very exciting. Uh, we, we experimented with uh, growing green leafy vegetables, even some herbs, uh, and then tomatoes and, uh, and peppers. Uh, I love peppers, and they're, they're, they're fun <laughs> to grow. They're, just, a lot, they're yeah. just so much fun to grow. We did some potatoes as well. Uh, throughout the year. Uh, oh, microgreens. Microgreens. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That was that was a lot of fun. Yeah. That yeah. Was good. That was good. I loved it. We turned, we live in a small space, but we took our dining room and made it into a garden. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, overrun with uh, uh, buckets and buckets of uh, hydroponic uh, plants all over <laughs> and, the place. And the sounds of pumps running because you have to circulate the water. And so we did create a whole playlist in our YouTube channel where you can see how to get started on creating your own hydroponic garden. But we have a lot of content related to growing our own vegetables in 2020 that I still have not released because I was putting out a lot of other content. But if you're interested in learning how to grow your own green leafy vegetables you know uh follow us and we're going to continue when are we going to start a garden this year oh it's time uh i I, we probably should have already uh, started our seedlings yes um and uh (laughs) uh, so the good thing uh, about growing indoors and doing hydroponics is uh, it leads to an earlier harvest and a longer harvest period uh, before the lettuce uh, just doesn't grow, grow so well by the uh you know mid to late summer or at least that's what my, my experience was uh, last year. So we need to get going. We're, we're, we're missing out on good, uh, uh, good harvest. Yeah. yeah. I will say that, you know, you did the right thing last year. You started on New Year's Eve. I, I did. Yeah. It is true. We have had a slow start. Uh, this video, I would have wanted to have the first of January, but, uh, just as a side note, I, what I've done these last two weeks is really have taken the time to go through our space, our home, and just have started to declutter because we expect that 2021 is going to be a lot like 2020 in terms of, you know, being able to focus, have our downtime, being creative. And so I've gotten rid of a lot of things that I no longer need. And it's been nice to be able to donate. She started spring cleaning a little bit early. Yeah. I And so you can see in our office space, this, this is the room where I do all the interviewing. We do our podcast together. This is also where I do all the editing and content creation. I shifted things around so it's less busy. It's more toned down. It allows me to focus. And you feel the difference, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Let's talk about what a couple of things we had planned for 2020 and yeah. didn't happen. Well, so BC before COVID, uh, you know, or pre-COVID, uh, we had uh, we had a lot of. Uh, nice events planned uh, for the spring, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we had invite, invited Dr. Michael Greger to come to Dallas for uh, for a talk. Mm-hmm. This was going to be a big and, and, and very successful event. So many people wanted to see him, and we were so excited to come have him be here and host him. Yeah. And then we were going to also have Dr. Uh, Michael Clapper. Uh, he was part of, uh, you know, with uh, Plant Pure Communities and Moving Medicine Forward as part of his initiative to educate medical students. And mm-hmm. so we, would, yeah. we had arranged several 
uh, things here, both you know with the medical schools uh, and and in the community. Um, and then lastly, our retreat. We we're going to have our first lifestyle medicine retreat, which we were going to organize with our good friend Marla. Yeah, Marla Ablam, she's the one that invited us to spend New Year's Eve with her and a small group of friends, and we brought in the New Year with her, and so it was just like, gosh, you know, there was this nice momentum that was building up. Uh, she has a lake house about 70 miles from here or so, mm -hmm. and uh, we had basically coaches and doctors, including ourselves, and um, you know, we were going to be part of a three-day intensive kind of lifestyle medicine. Yeah. We had uh, gone out and gotten equipment to do on-site testing for yes. uh, hemoglobin A1C, for diabetes, and for cholesterol, uh, blood pressures. We were going to do some really nice basic biometrics yeah. uh, for people to start, to, you know, to, to have pre mm -hmm. and then to do this and then maybe go on and, and, and make some changes with their lifestyles. And then we were going to, uh, you know, as a courtesy, uh, yes. test them down the road. Uh, and see how things were going. So we had we had really put a lot of work into this, and, and we were very excited yeah. about it. Yeah, and we had a plant-based chef. Oh yeah, that mm -hmm. was going to cater. Anyway, I still get excited about it, even though right now we can't do anything in person. So, yeah. and then COVID hits, right? Everything gets canceled, and suddenly it's like, oh my God, I'm going to have to stay home. I want to hear from your perspective what was happening in your world as a healthcare provider. That screeching halt is a kind of an interesting thing. Uh, you know, it, it did change uh, the whole landscape of uh, healthcare. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, back in March and April, we were in some you know quarantine or shelter in place orders, mm -hmm. uh, and they were really getting worried about what was going to happen to the mm -hmm. hospitals as far as you know when COVID patients started showing up and our resources both from a hospital bed availability, ventilator availability, mm -hmm. staff availability. Did I mention, uh, you know, PPE? Everybody knows the term PPE. Before COVID, I'm, I'm sure only healthcare workers knew what PPE <laughs> was, personal protective equipment. Uh, now everybody knows the term PPE. And so all of these resources, they were so worried about how to, how to manage them. Around that time in March and April, when we were going, doing these shelters in place and also the quarantines or quarantines, we started to cut back on elective healthcare. And I'm not exactly in the elective healthcare field. I'm, uh, the people I treat are, are not, it's not like a, a hernia or, uh, or a facelift or uh, you know, some, some sort of, uh, or even a knee replacement or, or something like that, which can be put off. At the same time, you know, we were looking at how to ration the care that I gave. And the reason they were doing this was because they didn't want us to fill the hospitals with the patients from our elective surgeries and therefore not have the space and resources available to treat the COVID patients. Mm -hmm. So uh, there was a point in April where we basically shut down elective surgeries and were only doing emergency cases. That was partly state mandated. They said that we had to reserve a certain percentage of our hospital beds for COVID. It was a kind of a challenging time. We were, this was, this was new. Uh, all of it was new to everybody. And so we come up with policies and processes. They may or may not have been perfect, but you know, we were trying to do the best we could. And then, you know, we would, uh, we would readjust Mm -hmm. And then, you know, as we came out of May and June, uh, we started to resume a more normal uh, uh, schedule. And it was because we were able, we found we were able to reserve a certain percentage of our hospital for COVID patients and, and still maintain our elective surgery schedules. And, and, and by then, uh, and you'll see, we, we will talk about this, how um, PPE resources were extremely limited early on. And mm -hmm. there's a segment which we... You know, there's some stuff we did to, to help provide mm -hmm. PPE for the community in our in our hospital, and 
So, but later on, as, as they ramped up PPE production uh, and we were able to find resources to bring PPE into the hospital, so then we, you know, we were able to then now resume our elective surgery schedules and yet still reserve enough space for COVID patients. I'm chief of staff of my hospital this year, so I've been very involved in all the planning. And so I kind of know this from the inside out uh, at, a, at a very high level. Uh, what we saw is this kind of surge uh, in April. And then uh, because of our shelters in place and our quarantining, we did, we did a pretty good job of controlling things. Mm -hmm. and, and we saw a spike in cases, but it came down. And we all kind of took a collective sigh of relief and thought, okay, we figured this thing out. <laughs> but, you know, many things kind of served to sabotage this. I mean, we had a, a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, disagreement in our society about, mm -hmm. uh, about you know, uh, wearing masks and social distancing. A lot of people didn't pay attention to it. Here comes Memorial Day and then uh, July 4th holiday. And a lot of travel was occurring. Uh, people let their guard down and we started to see another surge. What happened over the course of the summer is we started to see uh, the number of cases about twice what we had in April. Mm -hmm. And so we thought April was a peak, but when it, then now as far as our, what we were, the number of positive cases we're seeing at our hospital, the number of beds that are full, um, was at about twice that number. Yet we were able to manage it. That stayed pretty steady until schools opened mm -hmm. uh, in, in, the, in the fall. So, uh, and then we had Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. And what's happened now is we're seeing volumes uh, uh, four to five times higher than we did in April. And just think about how worried we were in April. And, and now, and I'm sure I know everybody knows the news. It's, it's kind of, uh, we are in crisis mode as far as the hospitals are concerned. Just last week, my hospital was 76% full with COVID patients. And we are, again, we have shut down all elective services. And the, the, the sad part about that is there are patients who need, uh, there, this is a, a, a trickle-down effect. Two things are happening. We're sending home COVID patients now who we would have admitted in April, but we don't have the capacity to admit them. We don't have the beds. We don't have the uh, manpower. Over half of our staff are what we call travelers. They've, we've brought them in from somewhere else in order to meet our staffing needs. So we've shut down the elective services and what's happening is I've got a colleague, he's uh, a general surgeon who does a lot of cancer work. He's got two patients with colon cancer. We can't uh, find a bed for them in the hospital for him to do the operations. I personally have uh, a couple of patients, three patients with abdominal aortic aneurysms that have been enlarging and I need to fix. A patient who's got a symptomatic carotid, basically that means they've had a stroke they're, and they're a ticking time bomb, they're gonna have another stroke. I've got, uh, who needs a surgery? I've got another patient with gangrene of his leg who needs a bypass operation. Uh, and, uh, and the thing is, the hospital's not trying to prevent me from doing these things. They say, sure, put them on the schedule. And if that morning we have a bed, you can do the case. Well, I have canceled 10 cases in a row uh, in the last few weeks. And so it's, uh, it's, it's very challenging. Um, and, uh, oh, it, that's kind of where we're at, yeah. you know, it's, uh, that's my perspective from, you know, the hospital standpoint. That's devastating. And yeah. that's why I feel the need and the sense of urgency share this information with people. And I've always said, I don't want to get into the politics of what people believe about COVID, whether they believe it's real or not, whether they believe masks are effective or not, just because you're not seeing it because you're not working at a hospital because you're not in that immediate environment. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. But I know this because you tell me regularly what is happening. As we continue to spike, 
you come home and you tell me what's going on. And so, and I keep saying, you know, people need to hear this because you hear what's on television or what you read, you know, uh, in the newspapers or see on social media. But the truth of the matter is that if you have a loved one that has a heart attack, a stroke, a car accident, they may not be as attended to immediately like what you were used to before. Yeah. Our waiting periods, we have uh, typically five to eight patients waiting to be admitted and that could be anywhere from 18 to 48 hours. They're sitting in the emergency room in a bed in a hallway. Uh, so these are, remember these are sick patients because mm -hmm. otherwise they wouldn't be admitted to a hospital, yet they're just sitting in a hallway waiting for a bed in the hospital mm -hmm. to, to open up. The other thing about, uh, it's very interesting uh, about the whole COVID crisis, the average COVID patient stays in the hospital around 11 days. Before COVID, our average length of stay in the hospital was just a little over four days. So we were able to turn over those uh, patients, get them out of the hospital, make new beds available for uh, whatever patients need it. So we, mm -hmm. we, you know, we had a very good hospital management system in order to um, always make sure beds were available for patient needs. Um, now that we, we're overwhelmed with COVID patients, think about it, three quarters of our beds are COVID patients and they're staying 11 days, not four days. They're staying almost three times as long and they're occupying three quarters of our beds. So the bed availability has, has really come to a screeching halt. Yeah. yeah, okay. I tell her these stories when I come home every day and she keeps saying, you need to share this stuff, you need to share this stuff. And <laughs> I don't know, sometimes when I get home at the end of a long day, I'm not, I don't feel like sitting in front of a camera and, and making a video. Um, but I do think, I think she has a point uh, and there are uh, some great stories to be shared, which I think uh, it would be nice for, uh, to, to let the public know. Uh, and our audience know. And so I'm going to make, that's going to be one of my uh, initiatives for this, this year, 2021, is to maybe, you know, even if it's just a, you know, a two minute story, uh, I'll, uh, I'll make an effort to uh, share when, especially when she says, oh, you need to share that with people. Yeah. <laughs> you could just come in the room with this setup and press record. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's a good idea. I'd like to talk about DFW Care, the organization that we learned about. Uh, Early in the pandemic, um, I want to say it was in March, I found out about them. They, it's, it's amazing how sharing apps and all of that kind of social media allows you to learn quickly about people. But to make a long story short, I found out about this organization through our Nextdoor app. I immediately contacted them. They're a local Chinese American group, nonprofit who over a period of 24 hours as this was happening, developed themselves, organized themselves, and decided that they wanted to raise, fundraise uh, enough well, money to provide PPEs for people on the front line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was an absolutely amazing effort. And uh, so when Maya reached out to them and then I made contact with them, I found out that they were creating all sorts of creative uh, you know, distribution systems to supply people in di at different levels and different need. And they were working with hospitals and we got hooked up with them. This is very early on in March and April when my own hospital didn't know if they were gonna have enough PPE uh, to provide our staff in order to take care of COVID patients. Mm -hmm. We did get hooked up with them and uh, received several shipments from them over the course of a few weeks. And I was able to share those with my, my hospital. And I'll tell you, the supply guy, uh, Philip, who I, I've known for years, that's one of the great things of working in a smaller hospital is you get to know everybody. <laughs> he was amazed and surprised that, you know, 
there's this group that's doing it and the physician who's actually gone out and grabbed it and bringing it back to the hospital. But also it took some, I think it took a little pressure off him knowing that, you know, some stuff was coming in while he's sitting there scrambling to try to find supply lines across the country. So he was very, very grateful for our efforts. Yeah. yeah. We were able to interview Karen Wong. It's also incredible that at the same time, because they were, they are a Chinese American group, some people were not well, they were not interested in receiving the PPEs. Hmm. And so that's one of the things that Karen shared with us as one of her challenges. We also worked with Diane Doyle, who's a close friend of ours. And uh, she and uh, many of the people that she works with in her organization uh, were making uh, face masks and face shields. My hat's off to them. They were working around the clock and very, you know, showing a lot of ingenuity uh, in coming up with these things. She shared a lot of that stuff with us. I was able to share those with uh, people at the hospital, what they were, the nurses at the hospital were doing mm -hmm. was wearing their PPE, yeah. uh, their COVID, I mean their N95, and then they were wearing these masks over it. And then I was also able to distribute these to the nursing homes, mm -hmm. uh, which uh, they didn't have, you know, in the, in the hospital, they had to wear N95 stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But in the nursing homes, uh, they weren't able to get these supplies. So they were extremely grateful uh, to get these face shields and uh, and, and face masks. So this friend is also part of the plant-based community here in the Dallas area. So uh, we collaborate and work together on different things. So we were very touched when they reached out to RIS and said, you know, you know we can put our army together of, of women, and I'm sure men too, I don't know, <laughs> but women. And they were like, you were talking about ingenuity and how they were trying to figure out how to do the film using shower curtains or um, what was the other yeah, sheet protectors? Really, it was really interesting. She showed me some <laughs> of her proto prototypes so you could see the evolution. Uh, uh, and she had me try on a couple of them and I was like, <laughs> no, sorry, that's not gonna work. I can't see through there. Yeah. Uh, to the point where they came up with just absolutely wonderful uh, face shields. Yeah, I, I'm telling you these two organizations and what they did and tons of other ones that we never knew about coming together at, at, in times that are so devastating and overwhelming is like the best way to direct your energy, help other people. Yeah. Let's talk about um, how we kept ourselves busy when we were on lockdown and um, we didn't stay bored, that's for sure. Well, I mean, from a personal standpoint, we, I, I had a little more time on my hands uh, because I wasn't doing my elective surgeries at the hospital. Um, I was still working at my clinic, uh, so that kept me busy, although everybody's clinic volumes were down. Patients were not wanting to come in because they were scared they were going to get COVID, despite the fact that the, probably you know, the safest place to be was in our clinic <laughs> uh, because we have you know, the protocols in place and everything was clean and my office volume was down or my clinic volume was down. Uh, and to this point, still, uh, we're down about you know, between 50, um, uh, between uh, 35 and 40% slower than we, we were the year before. So we did a lot of picnicking, didn't we? Yes. Yeah, uh, and I'm, I'm sure you've got some video we can share. Yeah. Uh, uh, that was nice. Uh, as the spring, you know, evolved and it was getting warmer, uh, I enjoyed getting out there, you know. Uh, we have a really wonderful park that's a part of our community we, uh, we live in with a pond and a, and a walking track that's about a mile around. Uh, we went out there several times a week and set up our hammocks mm -hmm. uh, and did some picnicking and uh, and got to interact with the wildlife too, right? Yeah, We have a lot yeah. of wildlife there. I ended up going online and finding some nice little things from Amazon that I, I can use anywhere. So a little table that you can travel with and a little set um, with plates and utensils so that you can reuse. Even now, I think if I go to a potluck, I can have these things with us. So we, because we're kind of the, of the mentality of like, 
tiny housers, sailors. It's easy for us to be comfortable with the basics, mm -hmm. pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we spent a lot of time outdoors. We walked every day, almost uh, always at least two, maybe three miles a day. Yeah. Uh, we used to work out at our our community gym, uh, which is a part of our uh, complex. And uh, and then yoga across the street. Yeah, and yoga. Uh, yeah, in the in the retail center, which is just not even a quarter mile from us. We would walk and we would do uh, our, go to the gym and we would do yoga. The gym and the yoga went away because mm -hmm. they, they shut down. We got back into the swing of things and started exercising here yeah. at home, like, you know, obviously many people did, right? Yeah. We broke out my old P90X system, which I had done years and years ago, and uh, we, got, we, did, we got pretty good about doing that on a regular basis. You know, it was such a bonding experience for me because initially you and your daughter, one of your girls came home for that during the quarantine time. So we had a lot of time with her. I thought it was just, you know, oh, you guys do it together, father and daughter working out and all that. And then I think day two or three, I jumped in and... <laughs> yeah, uh, Maya said, I'll join you guys. And I went, what? <laughs> I'm not a person uh, that likes to be at the gym. And then, uh, and then uh, you know... She never missed a day after that. And we yeah. were doing it six days a week. Despite the fact that I think we live a healthy lifestyle and we eat well, we were even cleaner with the way we eat. We were yes. doing a lot of cooking at home. A lot right? of smoothies, salads. Uh, yeah. And uh, I became very consistent with my, making my smoothies on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. uh, the healthiest way to eat is to cook at home. My lifestyle, uh, when I'm working, I'm not always at home. So, mm -hmm. you know, I do the best I can as, uh, you know, being whole food plant-based, but, you know, you, things sneak in and, you know, people will use oil and more salt than you want and mm -hmm. more sugar than you want. And uh, so we also became, I think, very much more healthy in the way we ate, yeah. right? Yeah. Because we were cooking at home. We live in a small space, so we have a bedroom for the girls and the bed rolls up into like a credenza, like it, it's a hideaway kind of bed. I brought in a freezer that I had in the garage so we can stockpile during that whole lockdown. Oh boy, we had, we had three <laughs> months worth of food and... Uh, we didn't have to go shopping for a long so time. So the closets turned into pantries in that same room. We had a bed in there. We had a freezer. You brought home a treadmill from work. In that small space, three of us were working consistently doing cardio, yoga, weightlifting. Mm -hmm. It was crazy. Of course, we kind of spread out when we could, but we did it. And, and it, was, it was awesome to do it all together. Also, how did we spend our time? You know, we, we did a lot of picnicking. We... Uh, we're doing a lot of cooking, making sure we exercise regularly. But then I think we had to also, from our plant-based DFW standpoint, uh, all of the events, which we always did, mm -hmm. three, four, five events a month, came to a screeching halt. Mm -hmm. And we were trying to find a different way to reach our audience. So Maya has been working very hard now in establishing our online presence, more specifically our YouTube channel and our podcast. Yeah. yeah. So I did an intensive, like a seven-day training on YouTube, understanding it all, uh, how to content create, understanding analytics, optimizing SEO, all of that. And then I was the recipient of a scholarship for my first ever podcast um, conference that I went to only, it was virtual. Went to online. <laughs> I went to it online. You know, gosh, who knew what Zoom was before the, the pandemic, right? And yeah. everything's Zoom, right? Yes. Yeah. This conference was supposed to be in Dallas this year mm. and it was, should have been only like maybe a two or three day conference but they spread it out over two weeks understanding that most people have lives and work and so you it, there were events happening every other day and depending if you paid extra you get extra but you also had the opportunity to socialize and network and speak 
kind of like the speed dating, but speed network mm -hmm. to get to know each other. So yeah. it was spread out over two weeks and it was perfect because there was so much information. So I learned that I took a training class on social media, the various four platforms that people use. So I just learned a lot and on top of going to as many online plant-based summits. Yeah. And then I think uh, she focused on doing a lot of Zoom interviews with many yes. different people. Uh, and then it takes a lot of work to edit yeah. those and put them together. So, uh, and she was very consistent in making sure she got at least one podcast out a week. Um, and then she also started doing uh, some YouTube videos, mm -hmm. uh, what we're doing, uh, cooking videos. And yes. then she's also putting up some of our previous content, like uh, some of the lectures I've given and stuff like yes. that. Yes. A lot of times I, I share the content to our podcast platforms that we're on now about 12 11 or 12 that are just strictly audio podcast apps i find that lectures that you give do well on that platform too because people can still drive and listen to you given a lecture mm -hmm. and if they want to see the visuals of it they can just go to the youtube yep. video absolutely so those have grown a lot throughout the course of this year yeah i guess we're going to continue to work on that yeah you know i, I think there's light at the end of the tunnel from the COVID standpoint um I don't think we've seen the worst yet, but I think that we're going to turn the corner uh, in the early part of this year, maybe. But things are not going to change all that much yeah. for several more months. And so I think that we're going to continue to focus on our uh, online presence and, yes. and trying to reach people that way uh, and, and then pray for a day where we can start to resume some more uh, in-person stuff. And then, uh, and then I personally, since I wasn't giving talks, uh, um, I participated in a lot of summits. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I was very fortunate to be invited to several different things, uh, summits and interviews. I'm sure you'll be able to share that. Yeah. You know, you'll be able to uh, create a graphic to show people what yeah. we've been doing. That. So a lot of times when he is involved in something and I have the ability to record the content too, I reshare it to our YouTube channel. Um, one of your better ones that was viewed a lot was when you were on Chef AJ. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of fun with that. That yeah, yeah I love the dynamic between well, you guys. Yeah, I met Chef AJ on uh, on the vegan cruise that we did in what was it, 2018? 2019. Was it really? That's the year that we did a bunch of stuff. Yeah, wow. So yeah, it was only two years ago then. Uh, and she was a lot of fun. She kind of cracked me up, but I guess she has a, a lot of experience with being a comedian. Yeah. And so uh, she was a lot of fun. And we, we met her briefly there. I had a great time. Uh, I guess I gave a little bit of a presentation uh -huh. uh, and then we did an interview and um, I felt like uh, uh, it went very well. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was great. You know, you had asked me like, how else were we spending our time? And, you know, I, talking about our, my professional work and our plant-based work, but personally, uh, one of my big things, my, my big hobby, I'm sure it's no secret to many people is it was, is sailing. Uh, we were able to go to our boat in February. <laughs> uh, and, uh, I was really excited because the, the prime sailing season in Florida is, uh, you know, is in the is in the in the winter and the spring mm -hmm. and so i thought okay we're out in our boat we had done some had some work done on the boat and we went out in february to check it out and the boat was in great shape i was mm -hmm. uh, we had some engine work done i checked it out i was extremely excited and i was just thinking to myself okay i'm going to come out to my boat oh every month every <laughs> month i'm going to go out there uh, and that was at the end of february and we got back to dallas uh, and everything changed <laughs> Uh, you know, and so then so much for going to going to our boat every month, right? If I can kind of add, it makes me a little bit sad when we talk about our sailboat because um, it's something you and I both love. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Before we met, we both individually had 
an interest in sailing. You had experience and I just, I had an interest. I love the water. I love the sunsets. Um, you want to say more about that? Well, just... for us, that's part of our, our getting in touch with nature. Mm -hmm. uh, I enjoy it because for me, sailing is, um, um, I go where nature takes me, you know, mm -hmm. you're not, in, you're not entirely in control. You just wait for the wind and then you go where the wind takes you. And I call it my Zen place. And so, I, you know, that was uh, disappointing that we haven't been able to go back out like we want to. But then the other thing is, uh, mm -hmm. so I got to focus more on my guitar. I definitely was a beginner at the beginning of this year. But um, I, uh, my good friend, Joey Kukura, who's, uh, who headed up the Vegan Society at uh, the University of North Texas, he had invited me out there last year to give a talk. And many of you know that it's a big time music school, uh, very well respected. And Joey was part of that program and just graduated. One of the things he does is a guitar lesson. So I hit him up. And I said, well, I've got some time on my hands. You know, we started the guitar lessons just before COVID hit mm -hmm. and I was doing it weekly. And, and then once COVID hit, we went to Zoom classes, which worked out pretty well. And we were very consistent about it. So I did focus a lot on my guitar lessons. Yeah. I've been trying to get him to have a song that we can use as the intro for our podcast. So right now there are some strings that you hear at the beginning of our podcast, but it's not Dr. Riss. I'm hoping that soon it will be <laughs> yeah. you. So it'll awesome. be our music. It's really nice to see you play the guitar and, and I have seen the improvement and, um, you know, we both yeah. love the guitar too. I don't play, but I enjoy it. She doesn't scream at me saying, stop, stop. My ears are bleeding anymore. So yeah. 2020 was a difficult year for many people, uh, political things happening, um, social groups, you know, trying to have a voice, so many things that were very difficult. And at one point I just had to disconnect so that I can function and be productive. And so that worked for me all the ways that I stayed busy with podcasting, creating content, um, meeting wonderful people. My goodness, it was such a wonderful year, uh, in terms of who I met through, um, through the social, the virtual world. Um, and then we had a setback. What was that? <laughs> we got COVID. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of interesting. Uh, and of course it was, it was my fault. Uh, if you want to, she got COVID from me, uh, spending the, uh, months and months and months being just very diligent and uh, really at a high anxiety level when you're, uh, at the hospital. I, I was double masking and keeping my distance and washing my hands and, and just thinking, got to protect yourself, got to protect yourself. Uh, and yet, despite that, um, I caught COVID. I didn't really know I had it. I just felt a little bit crummy, like maybe tired, like I didn't sleep well the night before. Uh, and I actually uh, was done for the afternoon and went and took a nap at my office I have a little recliner where I can uh, rest if I need to. When I woke up from my nap, my nurse comes over and says, hey, Dr. Riz, uh, so-and-so just called. Um, and it was the anesthesiologist who had done my, my cases a few days earlier. Uh, she just lost her taste, her sense of taste. She got tested and she came back positive. I'm like, oh no. So th there's possibly somebody I was exposed to um, who was relatively close to me. And I went and got tested the next day and I was positive. And by the next day, I was experiencing some fevers and chills, uh, some myalgias and just feeling tired. But fortunately for both of us, uh, it was not a terrible course, mm -hmm. you know, fairly well controlled. I mean, we were sick, uh, but fairly well controlled with uh, Tylenol or Advil uh, and fairly short course. It was gone in four or five days. You know? Yeah. Um, I like to think it's because, you know, we live a healthy lifestyle and we're plant-based and, um, uh, and so our body, uh, our bodies were 
well suited to defend themselves. Um, in fact, that brings up a point which, you know, Maya talked about the PCRM uh, course in nutrition um, or how to treat COVID with nutrition, which we were a part of this year, last year, and we're going to be a part of in this January. And um, something I've been telling people is that the same uh, concepts for plant-based nutrition that you use to uh, make yourself healthy apply to COVID. When you think about it, the plant, uh, whole food plant-based diet reduces your risk or eliminates diabetes, hypertension, cardiovascular disease, and obesity. Um, uh, those are the main things that we are fighting uh, uh, when, when we're dealing with uh, uh, you know, these comorbidities uh, and you can treat with plant-based nutrition. And similarly, uh, those are the same, interestingly enough, those are the same comorbidities that put people at higher risk for complications due to COVID. So in a, in a similar way, a plant-based a plant-based diet, a whole food plant-based diet is in my opinion, probably one of the best things you can do to protect yourself and make yourself healthier so as to not succumb to the complications of COVID. Even if you get COVID, hopefully your course won't be as bad. Mm -hmm. When the pandemic happened and as it was developing and spreading in other countries before it hit us, I was paying attention. Of course I was mortified and I was scared and I wasn't sure if it was gonna come our way, but I took it seriously and you and I had a talk very early on about the risks. We always knew that the risk of you being a healthcare worker were higher because yeah. of that. I mean, I'm, I'm working with COVID patients on a regular basis. Yeah. yeah. And I knew that, you know, for me, it wouldn't be a problem to isolate, but I still was doing groceries. And so I was still having to wipe everything down and take precautions and wear the mask and everything like that. But when, when all of that happened, um, you know, you had plans to go for the weekend to the boat to check on it and do some things. And I, it, it immediately, I mean, we thought our, our life had come to a stop already. When you get COVID, and you have to self-quarantine, is it's even worse because we didn't want to put anybody at risk and uh, we knew we weren't supposed to be anywhere. So that was even harder to get through 14 days of being at home. And yeah. Especially when <laughs> after five days, we didn't feel bad anymore. Yeah. And uh, so I, I joke that I, I, I pretty much used up the internet, <laughs> you know, or, or yeah. uh, uh, there was nothing left on Netflix for me to watch anymore. Right. right. So as far as like questions that people would have had, things that I was afraid to have and I didn't experience. So no shortness of breath, no reason to go to the hospital. I think maybe one day I had temperature. You only had temperature one day, yeah. One mm -hmm. day because I was checking it all the time. Uh, initially, you know, I think we, we did pretty well over the year eating a lot of greens, exercising, taking care of ourselves, managing stress, that's important for me. I felt like I was doing the right things and I deliberately in 2020 was taking care of myself because I didn't want to get sick. And if, and if I was going to get sick, I wanted to be strong and, and go through it. But what I did notice that really stood out is I had absolutely no energy. Body aches are real, like people say, and the headaches were bad. Yeah. Well, that's where, I mean, I think, interestingly enough for me, the, the Tylenol or Advil controlled all right, the symptoms. Yeah. Uh, interesting enough, you and I both uh, had the flu last December when we came back from Hawaii, uh, after we came back from Hawaii, so mid-December, and that was much worse than, <laughs> than, than what we experienced with uh, our COVID experience. 
Uh, it's funny, uh, you and I were probably theorizing, I wonder if we had COVID back then, right? Yeah. But obviously we didn't. Yeah. By, uh, so he's talking about December of 2019. We had been traveling a lot. You gave a lecture almost every month and we had just returned from Hawaii. And I remember bringing in the new year, feeling under the weather and asking Marla, this is how I feel. Are you okay with that? She's like, if you can come, you know, it's okay, at least for a little bit. But I did get tested for antibodies because I thought that perhaps I somehow I had already been exposed to COVID. But uh, we, we made it through the two week quarantine. I did still feel very fatigued and lethargic for about a week after. And then I pretty much feel like how I used to feel before. So I'm, I'm very grateful for yeah, that. We're very fortunate. There's a lot yeah. of people who are having extensive and significant post COVID syndrome type stuff. It yeah. ranges from uh, pulmonary complications, cardiac complications, I mean, pulmonary complications where their lung capacity is down 30, 40%, yeah. uh, cardiac issues, chronic fatigue syndrome type symptoms where yeah. brain fog, post COVID syndrome issues are very real. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm just grateful that we, we are fortunate not to have experienced it. Yeah. So just kind of wrapping up the year, uh, we spend the holidays alone, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. We felt it was the most responsible thing to do that even though we had been exposed and uh, you know went through the COVID experience, my mom was in town about a week after we were done with COVID and I didn't want to take the risk of exposing her. So I haven't seen my family all year, like many of you, I'm sure. Um, let us know what it's been like for you guys. We came out of that and then we decided to make, you know, towards the very end, which is why we started off this year kind of tired. We decided to make a bunch of cooking videos. So on Thanksgiving day and on Christmas day, we were actually cooking in the kitchen, making YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. You kind of took uh, some initiative and made some delicious apple crisp and blueberry crisp. And um, we did all kinds of things that we had never done before because we were never home for the holidays. Right. Normally <laughs> we would, uh, uh, we would travel. Yes. And, and we most often would be on our sailboat uh, for Thanksgiving and, yeah. uh, and or Christmas New slash New Year's. And so all the effort into creating content for our YouTube channel took us from um, in May, I think we only had like 200, About 200 yeah. subscribers and we finished off the year with over a thousand. Yeah, we're like at 11, like 1100. Yeah, it was all because, you know, we we just wanted to create helpful information that can help you get through your year as well. And so what can we expect for 2021? Well, I let's see 2021. I got my uh, my vaccination. Yeah, Yay. my first round. Did I, do, I think I got it at the end of uh, December. Uh, so I'll have to go back for my second round. Interestingly enough, uh, uh, it's the you know, the most uh, uncomfortable uh, vaccine I've ever had. Um, what do you mean? Yeah, it, my arm hurt for oh. two days. Um, and I had mild COVID-like symptoms. Uh, the following morning, I woke up with a headache and some muscle aches, and I was kind of lethargic. Mm -hmm. You probably don't know because I, I took my uh, I took my uh, Advil and went to work, and then oh. it, and then it was gone. Because oh yeah, because it was like twenty four hours or forty eight yeah. hours no, of that. By the time I came home, you know, I mean, it was I done. took I took the Advil, and in two hours, all the symptoms were gone, and they never came back. Wow. Yeah. I want to clarify that those are not side effects of the vaccine. That's what the vaccine's doing. It's actually inciting a, an immune response with the immune. That's what happens when people mount an immune response. They get a fever and they get lethargy and they get myalgias. Um, and so that's just your body mounting an immune response. It's developing the antibodies uh, necessary to uh, mm -hmm. fight COVID. And so that's, uh, 
those in my opinion are not those are just kind of expected things you know a, a part of getting the vaccine yeah again it's like what i've said i'm not here to promote that you get vaccinated or not get vaccinated but we always agree i believe in personal responsibility and you could get someone sick if you're sick and don't have symptoms you can kill somebody i mean i was infected but i had been isolating the entire time so i didn't kill anyone i didn't put anyone out of work i didn't get anyone into the hospital and so it was because i was practicing social distancing and really i was isolated most of the year but my thing is that i know that sometimes you can't help it because you have to go to work and exposures happen at work um but when you have you know it's when you have a choice of just kind of keeping your distance, wearing your mask, I mean, just do it. I asked Dr. Rios how people can learn more about the vaccine because there's so much misinformation and these scare tactics that are being thrown out there to discourage people from why yeah. smiling like that. Oh, there's uh, a lady I knew who didn't want to have it done because she said it would, uh, she heard it might make them infertile. She's in her mid forties. And I said, do you want to have children? And she said, no. And I said, well, then what are you worried about? But I mean, that is misinformation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so if people want to know more, the CDC has a lot of information, um, uh, detailed information uh, about the vaccines um, and, you know, yeah. lots of uh, questions and answers and stuff like that. I've been seeing a lot of plant-based doctors post uh, photos of themselves being injected, you know, vaccinated. I find it interesting that people in the plant-based community, not everyone, but some are still afraid. And again, that's your personal choice. I don't have anything to say about that. But when you hear people say, well, it's not natural to get vaccinated. Well, there are a lot of medical treatments that happen at end of life that are not natural. So there are a lot of things that medicine does to keep us alive and healthy. I haven't heard a valid argument for not taking a vaccine, um, especially when the first people to receive the vaccine are people on the front line and yeah. people over 65. Very high risk, the very, all the very high risk Why would people. you want to kill everyone on the front line if that's what the vaccine does? That's a discussion for another time. What else is next? I mean, uh, I guess we're going to continue to put out uh, online content, YouTube and podcasts. Yeah. We have some wonderful guests lined up this yes. year. Uh, very yeah. excited. Continue to hope and pray and work towards uh, seeing that light at the end of the tunnel and moving towards that light at the end of the mm -hmm. tunnel where we'll get back to a more normal post-COVID world. Yes. There are topics that I really want to focus on this year on our podcast. So we continue to want to talk about the environment. Mm -hmm. um, and how food choices affect the environment. Um, I'm also interested in having more people come on and talk about mental health because so many people struggled with isolation and loneliness. Um, the suicide level was crazy last year. And so how can we continue to support each other and have a sense of community when we're alone and, and not being able to touch each other? So there, I, I'd like to have more experts come on along with all the doctors that come on and talk about lifestyle medicine and and nutrition. And again, you know, PCRM, the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine has, they do such a wonderful job with their content. In this eight week program that starts on January 19th, they teach you how to start from the beginning to become plant-based. So they teach you how to do groceries. They teach you what to have in your pantry. They teach you simple meals, how to eat out, how to travel. Um, they teach you how to cope when you don't have any support at home. So there are a lot of tools and we're very honored to be part of, we're going to be part of one of their classes. So just join. We'll put the link um, below so that you can learn more about that. But anyway, we want to encourage you. 2021, we think might be a little bit more of the same with 2020. So let's continue to encourage each other. And uh, one of my goals also is for us to be able to go live 
so that if you want to come on and ask us questions when we go live, then we can answer some of this, these things and some of the concerns they may have. Yeah, let um, us know if you if that's something that interests you. Yeah. Yeah. So. Or let us know in general what you want to see and what you want to hear. Yeah. Uh, certainly, we want to do stuff that uh, you're interested in. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, more participation in online summits. I have a whole list of content that I would like to create, and I've added a segment um, to our YouTube channel, another playlist kind of segment, and this one's going to be like cook and read plant-based <laughs> so i did a lot of reading in 2020 i love to read so it's a combination of uh, giving you a book review by one of these wonderful plant-based advocates and cooking one of the recipes and then of course dr riz in the kitchen will have more segments um as well because we uh, you know we know you like to see him in the kitchen <laughs> and so we got through to 2020 it was tough but you know how everybody was saying, uh, looking forward to 2021, and God played a little joke, and when we woke up on January 1st, it was actually December 32nd, 2020. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, thank God that didn't happen. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed our recap. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, seeing you out there in the online world. Have a wonderful 2021, and please leave us a comment below. Tell us what was the best thing that happened to you in 2020. Bye-bye been listening to the plant-based dfw podcast show if you like our content please like share and leave a review our goal is to provide quality episodes to help support the community